This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. The award-winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever-changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris. The Norris Group proudly presents our 14th annual award-winning event, I Survived Real Estate. Industry experts join Bruce and Aaron Norris to discuss evolving industry trends, real estate bubbles, inflation, and opportunities emerging for real estate professionals. All proceeds from the event benefit Make-A-Wish and St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Hi, thanks for joining us. My name is Bruce Norris. And once again, we are joined by David Granzella, founder of NorCalRIA, and Laurel Sagan, president of Laurel Buys Homes. David, you've been, you've been gone, you've gone through some cycles. How do you feel about what's next? Are you concerned about uh, round two of a of a crash? I guess. Well, it's cyclical. I think one of the things I've learned being around for a while now is we make money. We're real estate investors. We make money up, down, sideways. It doesn't really matter. I think it's just a matter of having a better perspective. Um, what quadrant are we going to be in? Where are we going to go? And what's it going to look like? I think I've been fortunate enough to acquire some multifamilies where there's that income coming in, that passive income. It gives me the ability to um, pull the trigger and not have to um, make questionable decisions on a, on, a, on a market or a project. Yeah. And well, uh, it is going to change. Matter of fact, one of the things I was thinking about when we were talking earlier, I remember in 2006, um, I had been at your end of 2005. I'd been in, in Irvine to see you for the California crash. My mail carrier in early 2006 had come by. We're chatting. And I know my mail carriers pretty well and chatted. And they, her and her husband just bought a house in a place called Winchester up in Auburn. Well, Winchester is a multi, back then, a multi-million dollar area. And here's my mail carrier buying it. And I'm talking <laughs> to her. And I, I hadn't really understood what a pickup payment was or what a negative um, payment was. And she started telling me, and I just uh, gave her my, a quick synopsis, but I thought to myself, I knew at that point that, oh my God, this is, this is just failure waiting to come. So that being said, I can take that knowledge from you, from my mail carrier, from the people to realize there's going to be a transition and what it's going to be. I don't see the downside because I'm not highly leveraged on multi-units. So I don't have to stress about, you know, if there was payments or not, which they have been hundred percent. It gives me the opportunity to look, where are we going to go? How are we going to handle this? What quadrant? What are we going to use? What type of marketing are we going to do? Just like Laurel's got a whole of her marketing out there. Sometimes when I'm not getting some of her letters, I wonder if I'm not feeling love. <laughs> am I going to, by the way, because Laurel and some other people like uh, does such a great job marketing. I shut my, my pull my marketing back because in competition, I, it, percentage wise, you got to figure out how it's going to work. And there's guerrilla marketing out there. And am I going to knock on doors or what am I going to do? I love multi-units. How am I going to get to that client and find out? But am I worried? No, I just need to find out. I just feel better if I understood better about inflation, as you and I were talking about last night at the meeting, which direction, how do I best suit it to, to follow it? And how can I um, create solutions for myself and for other people involved and create well, some housing along the way? Because there's a housing shortage, especially in the uh, apartment segment. Yeah. Laurel, I'm just, I'm really curious about your marketing methods. So... <clears throat> I just heard mailers. Is that, is that been the main source of what you do? 
Well, you know, for the Mars, most part, we we've decided we've created a company that's a marketing company. Okay. Okay. So Laurel buys houses is owned by a different company and it's a marketing company. So we do direct mail. I have TV commercials. We do uh, social media. We have our website. We've spent a lot of time and money having our not paid ads, but having our SEO be really good and a really uh, a website that informs people um, on more than just that. I co-authored a book uh, for seniors about uh, the housing market and even assisted living. We have joined lots of professional organizations uh, for the elderly to be able to, so that I can refer people when they need assisted living or something like that. Um, you know, uh, and spend more time in the um, community just doing marketing. I, I have, as a matter of our team, decided not to do cold calling, not to do the texting, not to do uh, some of the things that I think are not on brand for my brand of empathy, caring, and integrity. But yeah, we're on TV. We started doing that in March and <laughs> it's pretty funny. I, I'm sitting at the bank trying to open an HSA account and somebody comes up to go, are you, you're Laurel, you buy houses. I go, yes, I do. <laughs> Took his hand, thanked him. A little old lady, she comes up to me and she says, are you Laurel? I go, yeah. She goes, well, your commercials work, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Um, and, you know, um, I, you know, for us, we decided not to hire an actress or an actor. <laughs> so it's this ugly mug, but you know, I think it's most honest and that's the way we've just decided to do it. Our, our card is very simple. It has a picture of our team on it. We, we have the same card people have been getting like David can tell you, we've tried a few little fun things every once in a while, but we've been doing direct marketing for five years now. People get upset if they don't see our card sometimes and, Interesting. Now, all right. Now, well, if you see my face on the milk carton, that'll be different. What's the trend? What? Okay. So, so I get one of your cards and I call. Who am I going to talk to? You're going to talk to Samantha uh, or Aaron. Uh, Samantha is my leads manager. She answers the phone mostly. Okay. And um, she's very, and we've, I spend, you know, time training her every week to make sure that that call is as informative and as um, easy as possible for our our client and then she'll book you an appointment with me okay so you you actually meet with all the people okay now you just said five years you've done mailers what did you do prior to that well we uh, believe it or not i guess it's we're going on six years now wow um i used to buy everything through the mls bruce okay you had real estate agents and um i just bought it the way i knew other you know wholesalers and um you know um, buying stuff off the MLS, realtors would bring us deals. We spent, Dan spent a lot of time going to talk to realtors and I spent all my time doing construction. I mean, it's kind of an interesting story how we decided to do this, but that's how we knew to buy it. That's, that's the way everybody was buying, right? And wholesalers were for newbies, right? By going directly to the seller, knocking on doors and stuff. I mean, I did that a little bit, but um, uh, in the, you know, back in the day, uh, during the crash, but, um, that's all we knew was realtors. 
What is I, David? I'm going to ask you first, and then uh, Laurel, I'd like your input. Why? Why do you think most people don't succeed at, at a business that both of you have done different paths but done very well? Because a lot of um, people don't. Um, I speak myself, but you know, a lot of people don't. I think tenacity, uh, purpose. I say you really have to have a you have to be purpose driven in life, but especially this business, you have to be able to uh, know why you're doing it. Um, there's tenacity, there's purpose, there's drive. You've got to be consistent. You've got to have, um, you need to create a system of how you're going to build, build your business in real estate, whether you're going to flip. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have people in my life like Fixer J, yourself, you, you and Aaron, um, John Schaub. There's a number of um, Jim Harris. So there's a number of people out there that um, I've, I've reached out to and I still see to this day and I still talk to this day. And I just followed up. I figured, you know, I met Fixer J and he had his old, um, you met Fixer J in my home, oh, you know, yeah. live live at my home in the party. And, you know, I met him, he had overalls on, he had his little straw hat and things like that. And here's a guy that I've been following for a while. And it's like, I realized here's a guy that's got a, his, his advanced degree in school and education. He's also, um, he's worked for AT&T and, and man, upper management for a long time. And he's got 250 rental doors. So I said, he's got to have something to be able to teach me if I, if I reach out to him. And he, he did. I think that's, um, A, if it's, face it, I was a single parent. I had a 14-year-old son. It was, it was sink or swim. And that was a good thing. But then the next thing, transition came a different level where it's like, where do I want to be? And that's when I started reaching out to Southern California. I met some people down there, including yourself. And I started going to your meetings because we didn't have that format. And I would go down there and people would share things. As a matter of fact, I would talk to people up here and they would actually give you, I'd hear them giving other people, newbies, the wrong information. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's better to say nothing than to really mislead people. And especially back there at the courthouse steps, it was pretty ruthless. Um, but that being said, I saw, I met a lot of people and they were giving it away. They were sharing. And I realized one day, even being new, there's more than enough for everyone in this business. Absolutely. Un- unequivocally. And it was when I realized that, that it made it easier. And I wasn't attached to any one deal. It wasn't a matter of sinking, sinking or swimming, but I think tenacity, follow through. I mean, I still talk to people, especially, I love to see people, but especially young people get in this business and realize, um, I think Mike Cantu said, if you're willing to do, spend 10 years doing, doing what other people won't do, you can spend the rest of life doing what you want to do. And it's the absolute truth. You know, you know, what's really interesting. We had, uh, we live in a gated area and we got a notice, Hey, you gotta, you gotta clean your roof. Okay. So, you know, I'm in Florida. I, I'm sort of cre- creating the wheel with the people I deal with because I got used to dealing with the same people for three decades. And all of a sudden I'm reinventing every time I need something, I've got a new one. Well, I met somebody that could be very successful in this business. And, um, she was just really good at what she did. She was very persuasive, but very kind. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this lady is going to be, she could be a great property buyer. So I told her a little bit about this business. And she, she had said, man, she's got, she's got generational goals. She wants, you know, she wants her family to understand that America is the land of opportunity. She was no joke. And I thought, okay, lady, I'm going to give you some access. So I gave her access to the website so where she, she can start and I gave her some things to do, including talk to Pete Fortunato, because Pete's a creative guy. Very. I said, okay, I said, you need to understand two big pieces. You need to understand how to do a repair estimate and how to value houses. I think you can talk your way into a yes answer. I don't have any doubt about that, but you got to know that it's the right thing. So I said, if you talk to Pete Fortunato, and go to a club meeting and offer a barter, 
because that's kind of what he does. He does it like trade meetings. Yeah. I said, take your skill and say, I will power wash four roofs for you for a day of you taking three through five houses and doing repair estimates. I want to see if she wants to do that. Right. You know, I mean, really, this is sort of a test. So you said you wanted it. I think this is a path to do it. But I have a feeling, and that's the fun of educating. Every once in a while, you just see somebody, you go, I think they want this as bad as I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun, you know. And then the other thing, and Laurel, uh, getting back to you, what, what, why do you think so few people actually really succeed at something that you've done so well? Well, you know, I got to say that um, for me, I mean, I read a, a Robert Kiyosaki book in the Which beginning. One? Uh, Which one? Retire Rich, Retire Young. Okay. I was running through the airport, going on another vacation because we were making all that money. My wife said, I know that this, what we're doing now isn't going to last, but I sure love this lifestyle. And I go, so I saw this book, Retire Rich, Retire Young. I took it. I read it on the vacation. And it said, go to a hundred, go, go look at a hundred houses, make 10 offers, buy one house. That's what I did. Wow. I came back to Sacramento. I looked at it. Uh, I looked at a hundred houses, make 10 offers. I burned out two real estate agents before I found Dan, my current business partner at the time. And, and I, I, I promise you for two years, I spent every weekend in Sacramento, driving houses with floodlights, looking at things. Um, Dan and I would write offers Saturday night, Sunday night. I'd go back to work. And that's, I, I guess it's just my work ethic. I, I, I promise you, I have, I have tried to mentor people and I've just given them homework. Read this book, mm -hmm. do this, mm -hmm. do that three hours worth of work and I never hear from them again. That's a, I, I want to share with you, you know, a lot of people do mentoring and we don't now we decided, I mean, we were asked about it constantly. And I, I finally just said, okay, I, I set a price that I didn't think anybody would pay. I said, they have to sign up for five hours. I think it was a grand an hour. So they're, they're committing five grand. And we got, and I said, only 10 spaces. And literally the first day they were all taken. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and the very first person that came, you know, what do you want to accomplish? What are the tools that you have? What do you think you're, you're not good at? And so, okay, here's what's, what's made in a month. And here's your assignment. And then they came back and a hundred percent of the people did not do the first assignment 30 days later. And I was thinking, okay, I'm not in the, I'm not, I'm in the counseling business because now I've got to figure out why did you not do that? Cause that's, let's get to the bottom of that because you got to go through this step before we get to the next one, like go see a hundred houses. Well, I didn't, eh, you know, and they go, okay, well, the next assignment is the same one. <laughs> and you got to get, you got to get through this stuff and you got to, you got to be willing to do the uncomfortable. That was you know, everybody's had their beginning. But when I when I started, I didn't know anything about real estate. I'm on the phone talking to people. And, you know, it was if I'd have been uncomfortable with that type of thing where I didn't know. But I had learned a long time ago that it was OK not to know. And I never pretended I did. And that 
when I called 100 people a day for that first month, I had so many good conversations that I, I gained a little knowledge here and there because I didn't fake anything. If I didn't know, I said, I don't know what you just said. What does that mean? Well, now the next call, if that didn't happen, you know, in other words, it, it built. And after 30 days, you know, you talk to a lot of people, you kind of start recognizing and you just, I don't know, it was, it was crazy time because how many people buy 10 houses in their first month of, a, of the business? But, you know, it, and it was funny because I'm sitting with all the people that had the experience with the same MLS. So, Laurel, just like you said, I bought all of them out of the MLS. And some of the offers were 60 cents on what was listed. And I got yes answers. I was just, I was too stupid to know it was not, usually not possible. And that's, I would always freak out when I got one because I thought, oh, I must have made a mistake. It can't be this easy. <laughs> and you know what? I've hired people to try to help me buy houses, right? Yeah. And now I don't expect them to be at my level. I mean, I've been doing this 20 years, but they get frustrated really too quickly, I think. They, they got no tolerance for no. Yeah. And, you know, in this business, I, I'm one of the best house buyers statistically from, you know, we belong to a group of house buyers okay. across the country. And, and I know my statistics are like stupid good. But that's because I've listened to the no so many times. Mm -hmm. Right. So and I'm not afraid to tell somebody no. Right. That is just critical, I think for doing the work and being a student also you got to set this thing up like it's a real business not like a hobby for goodness mm -hmm. sakes you have to make money on things you know i i see people buy houses like well i think it might work i'm like are you insane yeah that's a bad habit we <laughs> craig craig hill got a call one time and you know to craig's credit you know we we could make safe loans on properties that we know people are going to get wiped out on. You know, they just have to have more money in it. But he's always looking at, tell me how this is going to work out for you. You know, you got a 400 grand house, you're buying it for 380. It needs 50 grand worth of work. How's that going to work out? You know, it's just like, so the bro, this is actually an honest conversation. The broker calls in and talks to Craig. He says, we're just, we're just practicing on this one. And I said, and then Craig said, Oh, so, on this practice one, you're not taking a commission. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're right. People have to understand that they bring value. You know, that's what I like about your, basically what you're doing is you're, you're a counselor to the people that don't know how to get out of what they've got. That's and, or the situation that's overwhelming them that doesn't overwhelm you. You know, that's the type of thing where you just go, okay. And it's repetitive. That's the thing too, Laura, when you, you'll have this conversation and within five seconds, you kind of know the ending point, you know where we're going and, uh, and you know you're gonna help somebody uh, make the right decision. Even if it doesn't profit you today, you're gonna direct traffic to the right place. Exactly. And you know what? I've been in business long enough to know that those people will refer people to me. Absolutely. Ooh, I can help. Yep. Bruce, Bruce, can I ask a question? Good. Hey, Joey. Bruce, can I ask a question? One, one to David, and one to Laurel. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, what I do here is I, I, you know, I'm investor relations, so I, I get to talk to a lot of the investors. You know what they're doing. They're always asking me like, "Hey, what's what's Bruce think? What's Aaron doing?" 
Um, so my question to David is, what's the mood of the people attending your meetings now? You know, since you're, you're, you know, everybody's coming to you for that same question, like what's next? You know, what do you think about the market? All that kind of stuff. What's, what's the general mood of the attending uh, folks of uh, North Korea? It's interesting you bring that question up. I noticed uh, the past month or a couple, couple of months, people are coming out of the woodwork, say, hey, I have, I have, I, I'm, a, I'm one of your attendees. And you're like, who? Yeah, I was there like uh, two, three years ago. And, uh, you know, I sat in the back. It's like, you know, okay. It's like, so people are, are seeing, a, I, I feel people are seeing a transition in the marketplace and they're coming forward. Um, I think a lot of the regular members, the regular attendees from the club have kind of, as we talk about, it, we educate people every month. Where are we going? They see there's going to be a trans, transition in the market and they want to know what to do about it, how to be prepared, whether they're long-term holder, holders for rentals, whether they're flippers and want to be more precautious because that's one of the things we teach the club. Make calculated decisions. You know, we've been through this, you know, and last time holding the bag in 2006 and seven, you do not want to be holding the bag. And I think right about now is the same thing. It has a similar look where you have to be precautious and know what your exit strategies are. So I think a lot of people are at the club coming to find out what is happening. I, I, I read about, I hear about it. It's like, um, not everything on the internet or the TV is true, guys. So be careful here. Uh, we have a wonderful um, appraiser named Ryan Lundquist, and he's got a great blog. I highly recommend uh, Ryan Lundquist. Google him. He's got a fa fabulous blog out there. Ton of information, especially for Sacramento. But he's, you know, we're kind of hitting right now into a normal market. But at the same time, I kind of my perspective is we've been overheated, and that's oftentimes what's happened in the past. It, instead of going to a normal market, we kind of go to a, a downturn. So that being said, I think people see here and people are tired. People who have sitting on the sidelines. I think a lot of people sit in the sidelines when it goes up, goes down, trying to figure when to get in. You know, you get in whenever, whenever you're there. You just have to make different decisions on what you're doing once you get in. Can you still make money off flips? Can you still make money off of rentals? Absolutely. You just got to be know how to make a calculated decision where you're going to flip it and or where you're going to keep it. Because if the numbers make sense, the numbers make sense. If the pencil's out, the pencil's out. So I think a lot of people are coming to the club to find out where we're going. And they have been there. And a lot of people are showing up again. Um, they show up. I, it's interesting because they show up during transitions. And a lot of them don't stay with the people that I try to mentor and give them homework to do. And they come back maybe once, probably not twice, rarely a third time. I've got this done. And, you know, you're trying to educate them. But you have to do, as Bruce was saying, you actually have to do something. So I think hopefully the people that are coming back um or showing up newbies are showing up will actually take action i always say from every meeting just learn one nugget and implement it as i still do to this day have, have you felt any pressure to bring value because the things changed everybody loves being in a room with with people you know networking has there been any pressure on the club on club owners to to find continuous value month after month through this pandemic um Yes, but at the same time, what's one of the things I, whether it be, I miss being live. I miss eyeball to eyeball. I truly, um, I still have pictures with Bruce and Aaron in the back of the room when they show up. And, um, you know, I, I love that. That's part of the connection, which I uh, adhere to and really am fond of. But reality is it's not happening right now. So I'm not, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's, it's just not going to be happening. Uh, Sacramento as like Los Angeles is still relatively closed down. So I want to work with, we have one of the things I realized it was our format is I always have to bring something. If you guys, if, if my club members are giving me their time, I always have to have value. So one of the things I've been really careful about that from day one, right now we're doing it on zoom and we're doing it at no charge. 
You know, some of our annual members continue to support us. We've got affiliates to keep the, because, you know, you know how it is. There's all these, we still have to pay all these payments, whether you're doing the hotel or not, to keep the, the Zoom going, all the marketing going. So that helps keep the club going. But I want content. I also want people to realize you give them something so they can actually make a decision and do something. I still like after Bruce is meeting last night, I still take all these notes and every meeting from the same person. If I hear Peter Fortunato for the same thing for the fourth time, I still get another nugget. So I want to make sure that every month we're giving that to the club. Matter of fact, I'll reach out to Bruce and you. I want to see if I can get a hold of Harry Dent. He said he wanted to get to the everyday man. We're the everyday man and woman. <laughs> and that being said, that, that's really important. So content from myself is still just as important as it is on Zoom as it was um, live because that's my purpose. If you guys, somebody's giving me their time. I want to value that and give them content and so something they can use. And you guys have been great supporting us too all these years. No, thank you. Laurel, my question for you, uh, since you came from the tech world and there's all, you know, a couple of years ago, there was all this talk about iBuyers taking over and everything. Uh, but now that the talks have, have been shifting to you know, Wall Street money coming in, uh, having have to spend money and buying just rentals and just tracks of rentals. Um, how has the end buyer changed for you? Or are you still selling it to people who are, you know, buying their forever home? Well, you know, we're not, we, you know, for us, the iBuyers are coming in, they're, they're really aggressive and they're, I don't understand how they make money, right? It, but they're only doing simple rehabs. So for us, where there's still a lot of distress in the property or in the family, we can help a lot, right? We're only selling to, end, you know, either to an investor who's going to sell to an end buyer uh, or as, as a rental or to the end buyers themselves. You know, a few properties go to the iBuyers um, and, and they're I, I, to tell you the truth, I don't understand their profit mo model. They'll buy property at the top of the market, do a really terrible re rehab and throw it back on for 10,000 more. I don't understand how they make money doing that. But um, for us, um, there's, it's not the eye buyers themselves. There's other people doing very strange things, kind of a cross between being uh real estate agents and being cash buyers, right? There's a couple of companies that are doing some of that stuff, which is, um, um, you know, they're bringing in uh, investors to buy the properties, um, but they're also being real estate agents. So I don't, you know, that's happening a little bit with some of the very distressed properties, but pretty much we're buying whatever we want to buy, to tell you the truth. The iBuyers are like making it in, almost impossible for our marketing to get through sometimes because they are spending so much money on marketing. I mean, um, billboards and TV commercials and mailings. I, I own two rentals. You wouldn't believe how many mailings I get from some of these companies. Um, but in the iBuyers, you know, if it works for somebody, I think they're hurting the realtors more than me, to tell you the truth, because those are more retail kind of properties. So that's interesting. Thank you, Bruce. Okay. A um, couple more minutes. Uh, I, I was just curious what, who is Laurel first, you and then David? Who's your favorite real estate educator? The person that's, <laughs> person that's made the most impact. And I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to get my name here. I'm really not. So who, who did the most for you? 
Um, well, I tell you, in the beginning, Robert Kiyosaki made it easy because it was pretty easy to get to. Um, but I, I have to uh, admit, uh, the local, kind of the local people here, you know, um, brought bringing the education together. I mean, we, I, I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on real estate. Okay. Probably one of the most impactful times was when we, when P. Fortunato was talking at the club, um, for a different a club that's no longer really around. We had a dinner at our house, at Dan's house for Pete and sat him down. So, you know, we put on this lavish dinner and um, brought a lot of people over, kind of what David does now, and really spent uh, time one-on-one -on -one with Pete. And that was insane. Dykes uh, was awesome, learned a lot, and I can't wait for a market where I can be that creative um, <laughs> to really get those two guys. But I, I have to admit, Reggie Law, for, uh, uh, for a mentor, he mentored Dan and I, local guy, now retired out, day in, day out, how to do the work of being a real estate investor, uh, available to answer questions, mentored us uh, in a great way. It's kind of how I, how come I am always willing to speak or talk about anything when David calls or any of the other clubs because Reggie was so generous with teaching us the day in day out how to analyze this deal that kind of thing I mean yes I've learned a lot from a lot of the other guys that we all talk about Jim Rohn mindset up the yin yang I listen to his stuff today I'm so sad he's gone but Reggie Lau for day in day out work you know, I got to, I just got to credit That's cool. Dan's success to Reggie. Very cool. He was at a boot camp in the, at the Norris group. And uh, at the time he was working for the city and the yes. boot camp in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the fun, one of the fun days for me uh, as a speaker, there was a gentleman, there were three people came up. Reggie was one of them. He said, uh, because of you, I, I just quit my job. And that was pretty cool. Someone else came up and said his wife quit her job because he was doing well. And then there was a there was an older guy and he came up and he said, I just want you to know because of you, I'm rich. And that was, you know, so Reggie, uh, that's so nice that he that he passed that on to other people because that's life changing stuff. You know, it really is. That's uh, I'm glad that he did that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he even gave us, you know, he lent us money. Uh and gave us lots of advice in our in the beginning of us um, before you know we knew better. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Pete Fortunato. Uh, every time I talk with him, I feel like I gotta I gotta take notes. It's like, what did you just say? <laughs> He's so creative. It's like, oh my! Whoa! <laughs> you can do that, Boise. <laughs> you can do that, <laughs> David. What about yourself? Uh, you know, I, I, I was just writing some things down on the people that I've consistently followed. And, you know, actually, you know, you're at the top of the list. I followed oh. you for all the sermon. I mean, that's seriously, it's, it's your education and you put it in books. So a, a, a man like me can go back and forth to it and continue to implement it. I still have the millionaire maker. Um, so I say Bruce Norris, Picture J, uh, John Shaw, Peter Fortunato, Dyke Spotterford, Sean O'Toole from Property Radar. Um, these these gentlemen have always all been instrumental in my success and continue to stay in touch with all of them. 
Yeah, and you know what, what was interesting, you know, when I I went to my first real estate seminar, not seminar, real estate club meeting, um, after many years of being in the business, because I, I looked at the whole education space as nonsense, honestly. So, you know, I paid for education on the street by like building a house on a lot I didn't own, stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which is a real bummer when you find that out. Yes. <laughs> but expensive uh, lesson. Yeah, that is. That was. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. But I finally learned from Jack Fullerton. You know, that's he introduced me to that group of, you know, Pete Fortunato and Dyke Spotterford and all that group. And then you realize, wow, there's some honest trainers out there, man, and they know their stuff. Jim Rohn for me, and it, although it wasn't real estate, he just cranked me up for some reason, and uh, he still can. So that when you said, Laurel, he's still here. It's crazy. You know, I can go. I, I, fi, I discovered uh, YouTube about two years ago. <laughs> and uh, I thought, I wonder if I can actually watch Jim Rohn do a presentation. Not only could I do that, I could watch the presentation in 1981 that I first heard him. What's the, what? That was so unbelievable. Really? I, I haven't tried. I have his discs. I have like boxes. Of oh, me discs. too. But you can watch the live thing way On back. YouTube? Yep. And now, we'll if anybody wants to be a real estate investor, that's where you should start. Right. With, with Jim Rohn. Also, you know what? Another about, it's that was about really mindset. About, yeah, it's about. I agree with that. It helped me uh, a lot. Still does. Jack Miller was also instrumental. Um, he used to go to Reno and so forth. Jack Miller was um, Jack Miller was an amazing educator and very successful. He's passed since, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think Mike Cantu is probably that's his favorite mentor. You know, they've just uh, and that's one of the reasons we created the Roney Award. I mean, I believe that's an honor of Jim Rohn, but man, these. These guys that spend their life training other people have changed so many lives. And it's just, uh, it's fun to get to honor them. And by the way, David, at the dinner, that's, that's why we gave the Roni Award to Fixer J. I, I could have spent two hours with him. I said, this guy is worth giving this award to. <laughs> that, we had that's a, pretty cool. When you guys were at my house during that party, we had to peel you guys apart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys definitely. Are, yeah, I laugh. Nobody else could people want to talk to you. And uh, so it was perfect, but um, that's a, that's a, that's a, one of the many gifts of this business. It's a, it's a people business. It's not only a people business from us buying and selling houses, but it's a people business from us as investors for the camaraderie and the, the help that we give to each other. Well, credit to you, David, because as a speaker, you always want to go to a club where the, the main emphasis isn't taking other people's money. Absolutely. You know, it just drives you crazy. I I'll tell just a quick story. I just got into the, well, I spoke, to, I spoke at Jack Fullerton's club for the first time anywhere. And in the audience was uh, somebody that worked for A.D. Kessler. So A.D. Kessler calls me the next day. He says, uh, it sounds like you really know what you're doing. Would you write for our, our magazine? Oh, okay. Wow. That's crazy. So I'm introduced to the, the real the world of training. And all of a sudden I'm writing for a magazine. I get invited to speak to another club. Now I think it's like Jack Fullerton because Jack Fullerton's all about education right well i go there and the guide isn't even there the guy that owns the club isn't even there so it's about five minutes after starting time and i just stood up and i said i tell you what i'm just going to start teaching when he shows up he shows up so i just taught my stuff when he came the demeanor of the room changed so bad 
because this guy had stolen these people's money. Mm. And I, I told A.D. Kessler about the experience. He said, Bruce, he says, don't you dare go speak to another club until you ask me if it's OK. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So it's important, you know, because you get a reputation for doing the right thing and people talk. You know, that's the thing. Hey, hey go to this club and uh, they treat you right and they give you a lot of opportunity to learn. So, well, thank you guys for joining us. That's been a lot of lot of fun. And thanks Pleasure. for supporting supporting all the things that we've, we've done over the years. It's, uh, it's a fun goal to have written, uh, raised more than a million dollars to help other people. And that's, that's, that's a fun thing. And November 5th is our next uh, I Survived. And uh, you, by the way, your, your quarterly, quarterly newsletters in the, on the VIP service are amazing. Um, it does fill that gap as you were talking about the live events. It really helps fill that gap. So thank you, Joey, for coordinating that. All right, you guys. Have a great afternoon. Be safe. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye-bye. See com for event details, information on all our generous sponsors, and to connect with our speakers. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com. The Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For more information on hard money lending, go to thenorrisgroup.com and click the hard money tab.